Wednesday afternoon, it's a sports pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Thanks for being with us. Anybody who wants to hang out with us can do so by calling the ESPN-UP hotline. That's how Rachel Zerby from ABC10 in Marquette is joining us today because she snowed in, <laughs> much like uh, many of the residents around Marquette. Snow around the city has made it borderline impossible to get around it was an adventure trying to get to work today i had to rent a sled dog and what have you but (laughs) rachel we're glad to have you here anyway even if it's over phone line yes i'm glad to be here this snow has got to go though yeah i'm ready for uh i'm ready for spring although i'm hearing it doesn't come for a while yeah it's more like summer i don't think there really is a spring up here well pitchers and catchers are reporting this week they started Yesterday, I know the Twins are sending theirs today, and it's going to be here before you know it. We're going to start playing baseball, and maybe Bryce Harper's going to finally sign with somebody here soon. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't really know. I'm kind of worried that he might not be on the team this year. The you way think? Going. Oh, somebody will want him. No, yeah, I know. I, it's taking too long. Machado thinks that he's on the same level as Harper. That's what I don't get, but he thinks he's up there. Maybe it's because of the position Chavo he plays. thinks he's the best thing ever. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> well, we've got baseball to look forward to. We've got a lot of basketball today. Let's start with football, though. The big headline was that Joe Flacco was traded to the Denver Broncos. They seem to upgrade at quarterback. I mean, well, first of all, let's think about that. Is that an upgrade? Is Joe Flacco an upgrade over Keenum? I, I, I feel like they're, like, the same. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Say it's like a major upgrade. You mm-hmm. know? That's tough know. to try and figure out because Flacco's had his moments where he's looked pretty good and in the right system. He can be at least a capable quarterback, and he wasn't doing that out in Baltimore. I don't know if pairing him up with a former defensive coordinator in Denver with Vic Fangio was going to help him in any way, shape, or form, but that's where he is now. I wasn't expecting Denver. Is, was to be his landing spot. I was expecting him to go somewhere else, but not Denver. I was thinking maybe Washington or even Jacksonville. I'm a little surprised Denver was the team that he went to. Yeah, I kind of am too because, I don't know, like, I mean, I didn't expect Case Keenum to be, like, the solution in Denver, but, like, I thought he was going to stick it out a little longer, but I don't know, now that they're bringing Joe Flacco in, who knows? I feel bad for Keenum because – he was finally going to be the guy. He wasn't going to be a journeyman quarterback somewhere, and he was so excited for it. He bought a house and everything, and he's there one season. They underperform. They fire the coach, and now he's probably going to be a backup to Joe Flacco. So I feel bad for Keenum in that respect, that a couple of years ago he was playing for a trip to the Super Bowl one game away, and now he's losing his job again in another city. I don't know if this is a good move by the Broncos or not. If there's any kind of history with John Elway since Peyton Manning, he has taken some big hacks and had some big misses on some quarterbacks mm-hmm. like Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. He's thought that he could turn them into franchise quarterbacks. It's amazing to me, a guy who was such a good quarterback himself, and this is what he has to show for it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Joe gets benched halfway through the season I honestly wouldn't either to be honest with you and it's not that I think that he's gonna fail I guess it's just that 
he's not going to live up to expectations. For whatever reason, there are expectations that are being put on him because he's won a Super Bowl. He was a Super Bowl MVP, and that's going to make Broncos fans excited. They're excited to have a quarterback who's not Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon, or Paxton Lynch. They're happy to have a recognizable name who's been a starter in the NFL for the last few years. For whatever reason, there's going to be expectations on Flacco that maybe aren't necessarily garnered. And I don't know that he's going to live up to that. And I don't know that this is going to be the end for Keenum by any stretch. So this has got to be tough for him. But for whatever reason, we haven't seen the end of him. He's just mm-hmm. he's going to keep hanging yeah. around there. Yeah, I don't know. I really... Problem. <laughs> I mean, I really did think that Flacco could find his way to Washington. That's the team I kept seeing him uh, fall into was the Washington Redskins. I, I don't know why that didn't work out. I thought that might have been a better pairing with the coaching staff that they have over there in Jay Gruden. It almost makes me wonder if Washington could be looking into drafting a quarterback. And that's something that we haven't really maybe discussed a lot with Washington. I don't know if, uh, if everyone thought their need would be there. Well, for one thing, they had to wait to see what was going to happen with Alex Smith. And we are still waiting right now fearing the worst but hoping for the best they're starting to realize that they really do need a quarterback and we all kind of assumed if they had to do that they were going to go out and select a veteran a guy like Flacco would make sense yeah I mean drafting someone but who the draft class is not good this year well it's not what it used to be anyway it's slim pickings once you get out of the first round you've got obviously Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, but after that, you're looking at maybe Daniel Jones from Duke and Drew Locke from Missouri, and those are two guys that I think could pan out in the NFL, perhaps. I still think Daniel Jones will be the guy that's taken to succeed either Tom Brady or maybe even Eli Manning if they don't uh, snap up Dwayne Haskins at number six. But Washington, I almost feel like they don't want to draft somebody but they waited too long to make a move mm-hmm. on Flacco. I don't know that they want to go out and start fresh with a new quarterback. They they waited too long. They missed this opportunity. And Denver was one of the teams that nobody was thinking was going to make a move like yeah. this. Came out of left field and snapped him up. If Washington really wants to go out and get a quarterback in free agency and not have to draft, it needs to be Nick Foles. They need to have all their targets set on Nick Foles or they're going to have to probably look for a quarterback out of the draft unless they want Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot Nick Foles is on the market again. But, yeah, I mean, they can't – they're going to have to get someone. They can't bake on, bank on Alex Smith. Like, you know, his knee injury was something a little – or leg injury so it was something a little more serious than just, like, a twisted knee, you know? It's something he like, may never think, come back from. Yeah, that's – yeah, so – I don't know, maybe Nick Foles, maybe they have their eyes on him. And I wonder maybe if they know something that we don't, if they were willing to wait this long, if there's something that's going on under the table that's not seen by the public eye, then maybe they know something that we don't about Nick Foles. Probably something that only them, Schefter, Ian Rappaport probably know, what have you. But Nick Foles is going to land somewhere. I don't know where, but he's going to be good enough to play at – some level next season, whether it be Washington, Jacksonville, Miami. How about Ryan Tannehill? He's out there somewhere. Do you think Ryan Tannehill could be a fit with somebody else in the NFL? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm 
we'll keep it at that. Telling it bluntly. <laughs> How about uh, somebody like Brock Osweiler? Could he ever find a place in the NFL? Teddy Bridgewater's still out there. Do you think he's got a shot at some place? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Teddy, before he got hurt, he showed that potential. But I don't know. Again, his he literally almost lost his leg. So I don't know how efficient he can actually be. I'm rooting for Teddy. I really want oh, to see I, something I, work I out journey. for him. Yeah. I mean, he's a fan favorite for a lot of Vikings fans. He still is. I'd like to see something work out for him somewhere. I don't know that it will, but I mean... Jeff Driscoll was starting games this year in Cincinnati. I get the feeling that he can probably start over him. And, of course, Cincinnati just brought in Brad Kaya. Uh, How about Kyler Murray? He announced his decision earlier this week that he is going to play football. And now the only question is, where is he going to land? Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray are going to be the top two quarterbacks taken to the draft this year. Then after that, there's a lot of guys who are going to be pretty risky and Murray himself is a pretty big risk as a a future NFL pick he just signed with the same agent as Cliff Kingsbury Kingsbury said when he coached against Murray that he's the kind of guy that he would take with the number one overall pick in the draft and that was back in October and history just so happened to work out so that Kingsbury does have the number one overall pick in the draft and Kingsbury really has the opportunity to get Kyler Murray, but he says that he's committed to Josh Rosen. That's probably coach speak, though. I don't know if I buy into that too much because you got to say that just in case management mm-hmm. doesn't agree with you, what have you. But if you're a general manager, you're going to want your guy as coach. And if you're a head coach, you want your guy as quarterback. And Kingsbury didn't draft Rosen. I really want him to draft Kyler Murray. I think that would be a home run if he ended up picking up him. I think it would, too, but I think everything is lining up for it to be too good to be true, you know? How he has, like, the same agent and all that stuff, how he said he wants him to be on the team. So, I don't know. I feel like it's the NFL things don't always work out that easily, but we'll see, I guess. Did you see, though, that the Lions, they're not opposed to taking a quarterback with, like, the number eight pick? How about that? And the Lions, think about this, because the Lions and the Jaguars pick directly behind the New York Giants, who are at number six. And it's pretty certain that they're going to take a quarterback, and it's likely going to be Dwayne Haskins. So one of those two teams might have to make a move to try and grab Dwayne Haskins, because I don't think that there's another team who's going to take Kyler Murray top ten if Arizona doesn't. If Arizona passes on Murray, I see him going to the mid-first round, somewhere in the 11 through 18 range, what have you. If Detroit or Jacksonville is going to want Dwayne Haskins, they're probably going to have to move up and trade somebody if they want to surpass the Giants. Yeah, you know, what is the NFL draft? April. April? So we got about two months until it's come out. We got two months to do this. Oh, God. You'll be long gone by then, though. Yeah, I will, unfortunately. (laughs) So you'll have your own uh, area to speculate, your own new colleagues (laughs) to be able to talk this all over with. Um, But the Lions, if they were to trade up and get a quarterback, what assets do they have? What are the Lions willing to give, whether it be in draft stock? I mean, if you were trying to strike a deal with the Lions, if you were general manager Rachel Zerbe of one of the 
top five teams in the NFL draft this year. What do you want from the Lions? <laughs> uh, that's a tough question. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not answering that. I don't even know. Not going to go on the record with that. I mean, Darius Slay. Would you? I, it, there's no way the Lions would part with him. But as a GM, you'd be pretty forced to lean on somebody like yeah. that, wouldn't you? But I don't know that a defensive head coach like Matt Patricia would be willing to give up somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So you might have to give up a few offensive pieces, and I don't know what you do with Stafford because he could probably play over Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. You yeah. might look into doing maybe even a three-team trade. Mm-hmm. But your best players, if you're Detroit, are on the defensive end, and I don't think Matt Patricia would be willing to no. part with guys like that. No, and I don't think the Lions are going to go with a quarterback at the number eight pick. They're just trying to stir the pot a little. Rachel Zerby from ABC10 and Marquette is with us. Well, kind of with us. She's on the phone line, snowed in today. <laughs> we will take our first time out when we come back. We are getting ready for NBA All-Star Weekend. Rachel and I are going to draft. All this draft talk, we're going to switch to NBA draft. And we're going to have the All-Star Draft next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you. Thanks for being with us. We are getting set for the NBA All-Star break coming up over the weekend. You like the NBA All-Star break, Rachel? You watch the game, the skills competition. You kind of take that all in as a package. I do. I love the NBA All-Star Weekend. One of your favorite weekends of the year? Um, yeah, and one of my favorite, I mean, easily the best All-Star Weekend out of all the four major sports. No, we're getting ready for it. This is going to be a fun weekend for you then. What Rachel and I are going to do, we are going to assume the roles of LeBron and Giannis, and we are going to draft from the NBA All-Star Pool. We are going to draft our own team, starting lineups, reserves, and then the two extras, and then we're going to put the teams on Twitter and let you, the fans, vote for who has the better team, who would win if these two teams were to square off this weekend. So, Rachel, what uh, we're going to do, we're going to flip the coin in the studio. I don't even have a coin. I don't know for the life of me who has small change nowadays. I don't even use bills most of the time. I just swipe the card like everybody else. So I've got the coin app here on my phone. Oh, my God. (laughs) And you're just going to have to – I'll let you call it heads or tails, but you're going to have to trust me on what it is. I'll show it to Jim across the hall if you're not a believer. I I trust you. I trust you. All right, good. So I'll let you call it. Do you want to go with heads or with tails? All right, Rachel's going with tails. Here we go. It is heads. It is heads. So so here's the pool. So we'll go with the five starters first, and then you'll get the first pick or the reserves, and then basically I'll pick the extra. You'll get the other by default. LeBron and Giannis are on the table, so it's completely open. So between our... Ten starters, we've got LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard. I think I'd be kind of remiss if I didn't pick 
LeBron at number one overall, but I'm not going to be one of those guys, and I'm going to pick Giannis with my number one overall pick. Okay, all right. So Giannis goes number one overall to me. Rachel, team captain, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with LeBron. Of course. (laughs) So we have Giannis and LeBron, the first two off the board. Second overall pick, I'm taking Durant. I'm going to pick KD, supplement him with Giannis. Um, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Of course. <laughs> I think I could kind of predict how your first two picks were going to go. <laughs> All right, so I've got Giannis and I've got KD off the board. So I need a guard is what I'm hearing. I need to stock up on a guard. And I really want to pick Kyrie Irving, but I can't deny Steph's ability to shoot the ball. So I'm going to pick Steph at number three. I need a guard, too, so I'm going to go with James Harden. James Harden. All right. And that allows me to take Kyrie. Go for it. He's all yours. So I'm picking Kyrie up. Uh, that leaves you with, let's see who's left on the board. We've got Paul George, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to go with Kemba. Kemba, all right. And that's a tough pick who we got left here. We've got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, but I'm going to go with PG-13 to round out my starting lineup. All right, and I'm going to go Kawhi. So to recap from the starters portion of our NBA All-Star Draft team, Tanner is Giannis, KD, Chef Curry, Kyrie, and PG-13. Team Rachel, LeBron, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard. So now we go to the bench. We look at the reserves. And Rachel, you'll have the number one overall pick for the reserves roster, and we'll real quickly we'll run through them. Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, Blake Griffin, Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Lowry, and Nikola Vesevic. Okay. Um, so looking at my team, I don't really have that. I mean, James Harden, he's kind of a shooter you could say but I'm kind of with, a shooter <laughs> i'm gonna go with clay thompson clay thompson all right so one half of the splash bros off the board with that i'm gonna go ahead and take anthony davis with my number one reserve um second i'm gonna go with russell westbrook russ Russ going number two overall in the reserve category to Rachel. So then let's see. I started filling out my guard lineup nicely. Got the front court balanced. I don't really have any needs. So how about let's go with... Yeah, I want to go with Damian Lillard. But I'm going to take Jokic off the board. Okay. I'm going to go with the Joker. All right, I'm going to go with, I guess you could say, the local guy. Give me Blake Griffin. All right. Blake is off the board. Let's see. I'm with a bigger guy. I'll take Lillard. I'll go ahead and take Dane. Okay. 
don't even, I forget who's on my team. What do I need? A guard, a forward? Let's run down the rosters quick. Let's update <laughs> our rosters in case our listeners are keeping track as well. For my team, I've got Giannis, Durant, Curry, Kyrie, and Paul George in the starting five with Anthony Davis, Jokic, and Damian Lillard in the bench so far. Rachel, you've got LeBron, Joel Embiid, Harden, Kemba, and Kawhi as your starters. Then you've got Clay, Russ, and Blake Griffin on the bench. Okay. Whose turn is it? It is your turn. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, 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 give me LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, good one. All right, so LaMarcus Aldridge taken off the board. Should I break your heart and take Ben Simmons? You can do what you want. I'm not going to do that. I, don't okay. want, I, want, <laughs> I want Carl Anthony Towns. I want to go with Carl Anthony Towns. He might be, might be a little early for him, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> um, what? So I just took a forward. Let's. Did you, is Kyle Lowry still on the board? He's still on the board. All right, give me him. All right. <laughs> Lowry is off, so that means we've got... I've been impressed by Chris Middleton this year. Let's go with another local guy. Let's take Middleton off the board. He honestly is a sleeper. When I saw that he was named an all-star, I was, I was like, okay, good for him, but yeah. I don't like Milwaukee, so... <laughs> All right, we're down to four in the reserves. We've got Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, D'Angelo Russell, and Nikola Vesevich. It's your pick. Uh, I, I got to do it. Give me Ben Simmons. All right. <laughs> All right, Ben Simmons off the board for Rachel. Let's see. I'm going to take, take Bradley Beal next. Okay. And that leaves it up to... D-loading or Nikola Vesevich? D-loading. D-loading. All right, and that means I get Vesevich by default. <laughs> so we've got our reserves, and then we've got our two extras, and the first pick reverts back to me. Do I want Dwayne Wade or do I want Dirk? That's a tough pick. You can pick, Rachel. I don't know who Dwayne I want Wade. to pick between the... You I want Dwayne Wade. Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with that. I'll take Dirk. You're pretty pretty set on having Dwayne yeah. Wade. <laughs> so those are our all-star teams. If Rachel and I were captains and we were uh, doing this draft ourselves, that would be what our all-star teams would look like. Again, Team Hoops, you've got Giannis, KD, Curry, Kyrie Irving and Paul George is the starting five with Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, Nikola Vesevich, and Dirk Nowinski coming off the bench. For Team Rachel, you've got LeBron James, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard in your starting five. Off the bench, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kyle Lowry, uh, Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, and Dwayne Wade. So we're going to put those on Twitter. You, the fans, can vote for which team you think would win if they squared off in the All-Star game. We're going to see Sounds all those like players a clear square winner off. For me. You think there's yeah. a clear winner in that one? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what the fans have to say. Everyone vote for Team Zerby. What's my team name? Is that my team name? Well, see, you're the general manager. You can pick your own team name. Team Zerby. That's boring, but Team Zerby. Well, think fun with the letter Z. Oh, that's like the most fun letter. Not really. Sure it is. Zebra. Zebra. Yeah. Zebra. (laughs) Team Z. Contact my name, like Zerby Autocorrects to Zebra in Microsoft Word. Oh my gosh. Well, no one believes that Hoops is my actual last name. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things I get the most, no matter where I go. They're like, do you change that name just for the industry? And I'm like, no. It's my (laughs) honest given name. It just worked out really well. Yeah. That's That's why the listeners should vote for my team, just based on that alone. Because we have Hoops There It Is versus Team Zebra. No. No. No, Actually, I have a good team name for mine. It's my fantasy team, but I can't say it out loud. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It has to do with Kevin Durant with his perfect because he's on your team. Oh, my gosh. I know that I... will text it to you. Okay, because I couldn't say my football fantasy team name out loud, or at least I wouldn't want to. I probably could, but I'm not going to and probably shouldn't, what have you. We got to take a break anyway. When we come back, we got a lot to break down in the NBA. I'll probably be shocked at what Rachel texts me. All that next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby on the phone line with us. Here is your Sports Center update. Pittsburgh Penguins center Evgeny Malkin has received a one-game suspension for swinging his stick at Philadelphia's Michael Roffel's head earlier this week. King the Wire Fox Terrier earned best in show at the Westminster Dog Show last night. That occurred at Madison Square Garden, where King the Wire Fox Terrier now has more wins at that venue in 2019 than the New York Knicks. And finally, MLB superstar, former MLB superstar Jose Canseco took to Twitter yesterday, offering fans a chance to meet his, quote, alien buddies as well as Bigfoot. If you're interested in going out on an excursion with him to see Aliens and Bigfoot, give his agent a call. His number's available in his Twitter bio. You want to go see Aliens with Jose Canseco? Uh, not really. I don't know what he's thinking (laughs) of or what he has in mind, but he believes that he can take some of his followers out to go see Aliens that he is apparently friends with and meet Bigfoot. That doesn't sound like something I would enjoy. I think once he got hit in the head with that baseball that went over <laughs> the outfield fence, something might have happened. Could you imagine Jose Canseco, someone of his stature, trying to play in today's baseball? And he wasn't even that far removed from modern-day baseball, but it'd basically be like Gronk trying to play center field. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Rachel Zerby once again with us. A lot going on in the NBA. For one thing... The Indiana Pacers are suddenly the hottest team in the NBA. They lose about four straight after losing Oladipo, and suddenly they've won six straight, and they get set to play the Bucks tonight. Rachel, why are the Pacers suddenly good, and why are they back in third place again, even without Oladipo? <laughs> um, I don't think they're going to stay where they are. I don't either, but why? Why are they doing I, this? I, I don't I saw Vic go down. I was like, okay, like 
the Pacers are done. But that obviously wasn't the case. So I don't, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I think they should enjoy it while, while it lasts. I mean, is Sabonis really the guy who's been carrying him? Is he the new Oladipo, a guy stepping up like that? I mean, we're really going to see what they're made of tonight when they play Milwaukee. We're going to get a pretty yeah. good look at them. And then Detroit, for whatever reason, is right back in the thick of things. They went out, they did a few trades. I said on the show, Detroit's maybe one good piece away. I said before the trade deadline many times that they might be one good piece away from really being a team that could make a run in the second half and get into the playoffs, maybe make a little noise. Some people thought I was overselling the Pistons on here. But I'm thankful to say that the Pistons did make a few moves, and now they're back in it. Now they're suddenly in the eighth spot, and they've won four in a row. A lot of it, I wonder if it has to do with Thon Maker, because he's been an energy plug since they got him. I mean, yeah, I'm, I've kind of am with you with that. I've been saying that the Pistons are should be a playoff team, should be. But obviously, the beginning of the season, the first half of the season, didn't really go too well for them. But, I, I mean, Thon Maker, yeah, he's been that spark that they need, but <laughs> why do you need a guy like Thawne Maker when you have Blake Griffin and like Andre Drummond mm-hmm. you have the pieces, but like you just can't do anything? I you did. Know? I-, I was expecting them to go out and get a guard, if anything. I was thinking maybe Mike Conley would be a good fit there. But for whatever reason, Thon Maker just loves where he is right now. Yeah. I know he wanted to get out of Milwaukee. I thought he might have a future there because I don't know that Lopez was going to come back after this season. But Thon Maker wanted out of there, and he goes to Detroit, and now he's already a fan favorite. Detroit's won four in a row, and I don't know what it is about his game that Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond doesn't already bring to the table, but for whatever reason, he's just such a good fit in that Dwayne Casey system. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, I hope the Pistons, they're definitely... I wouldn't call them like a sleeper team, so to say, but the second half I would expect them to make a little bit of a run and definitely secure that playoff spot. If they don't make the playoffs, then everyone should just be fired down there. Well, they get a tough one tonight. They have to travel to Boston and take on the Celtics. And I mean, it's a good segue because last night our two teams mm-hmm. got to square off against each other you got to revamp Philly team, and I know that Boston's had Philly's number, but, I mean, Philly's the team that I think I worry about the most going down the stretch here because other than Milwaukee right now, Philly's probably got the second-best roster in all of the Eastern Conference. I don't know. I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're a Philadelphia fan. Um, until we can beat the Celtics, then I'll be optimistic. Give me the Bucks. give me the Raptors give me the Pacers, but I do not want to see the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. We can't beat them. What is it about the Celtics that... I have no idea. They, they just seem to have Philadelphia's number. And, and Boston's won some big games, but then they turn around and they blow a 28-point lead to the Clippers or some team like that, and they lose games they're not supposed to. Right when it seems like they have things figured out, the All-Star break, coming at a pretty good time for Boston, certainly coming at a good time for the Lakers, I mean, aren't the Lakers even going to make the playoffs right now? It's funny because I saw a tweet 
Whereas, like, LeBron, this is his first, they're, like, what, 28 and 29? They're, like, this is the first team LeBron is on with a losing record since his, like, rookie season. Mm-hmm. And I literally wanted to quote tweet it and be, like, are you surprised? This should be not, this shouldn't be surprising to anyone. Look at the Lakers. Like, they are not good. And I would not be surprised if they don't make the playoffs, but I won't be surprised if they do, too. Because, I mean, LeBron has taken some pretty crappy Cavaliers rosters to the playoffs, but I don't know. The Lakers are, other than Kyle Kuzma, they're not worthy of my time. I mean, people talk about how much hesitation or concern they have about the Lakers offering basically the entire house to try and get Anthony Davis, but they talk about that as if Lonzo, KCP, or Brandon Ingram were good, or the guys that they were willing to send over. Yeah. Like They talked like they were good. Yeah, like, the Lakers just aren't good. I, I, I don't, there's nothing else to it. Like, you know, Kyle Kuzma is the only rising star I see on that team. Rachel, let me ask you this. How much responsibility should fall on Magic Johnson for the situation the Lakers are in? Because it feels to me like he's getting a free pass for a lot of this. First of all, he needs to stop trying to talk to Ben Simmons. (laughs) Yeah, they really want to investigate tampering. You can go right there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they didn't do anything to get better. Like, yeah, you brought in, okay, LeBron James, but now what? Are you going to do something with him? Or are you going to be... You're going to miss the playoffs with LeBron James on your team. This might be a bit out there. Maybe a conspiracy theory, what have you, but give me your thoughts on it. I said this on the show yesterday. LeVar Ball bullied Magic Johnson and bullied the entire Laker organization into wanting to pick Lonzo Ball number two overall. He did that instead of Jason Tatum. Had he not done that, you would have had Jason Tatum for these years build a team around him you would have probably brought in Kuzma along with him. Then you think about landing LeBron this year. If he's not laissez-faire about trying to get Paul George, if he doesn't assume that Paul George is just going to want to come because it's L.A. and he actually goes out and recruits him, then he could have a big three of Tatum, Paul George, and LeBron plus Kuzma. And if you really wanted Anthony Davis, maybe you package Kuzma, Tatum, and a few other guys get Anthony Davis, and you've got a big three of George, A.D., and LeBron. Is that plausible, or am I way out there? No, like, I see where you're coming from, yeah. I, I don't want to say that LeVar Ball, I mean, if LeVar Ball did have such an impact on Magic Johnson taking his son, then that obviously falls all on Magic, because that's just ridiculous. But even, like, Lonzo Ball coming out of UCLA was not like, oh my gosh, Lonzo Ball's going to be the next star. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that vibe from him. So taking Lonzo Ball, I think, was your first mistake, whether LeVar had an impact on that or not. Like, either Magic doesn't know how to scout talent, whether he was incompetent in the sense that he thought Lonzo Ball would be a good fit, or he was bullied into doing it by LeVar Ball. Either way, not a good look. Yeah. And LeVar Ball... I don't want my son playing in New Orleans. Well, your son's not going to play in L.A. because he'll be a bench warmer for the rest of his life. No one cares what the Bulls want, or no one should care. Like, the Bulls act like the NBA owes them all something. No one owes them a thing. Like, no one is talking about Lonzo Ball. He's kind of irrelevant. 
I don't know that bar. there's a lot of teams that would go out and be happy about bringing Lonzo in. I mean, no. he wouldn't be an upgrade at a lot of positions. And no one wants that extra baggage with LeVar. No. What are the odds that LeVar Ball could ever coach in the NBA? No. I know you don't want him to, but is there a route that could ever open the door for him? What, is he going to be the next Lakers coach when Luke Walton gets fired? That's what I'm wondering is if he's going to try and push his way into doing that because he really thinks yeah, he could. Right. You think LeBron James is going to let that happen? Can you imagine if it did, though? Oh, my God. That, for us in the sports media world, that would be a dream come true. Yeah, that would be awesome. LeVar coaching LeBron. You would have a lineup of LeBron, Jello, Mello, Lonzo, and somebody else. Maybe they land Anthony Davis by then. Maybe he signs with the team by then. Would anyone want to go to L.A. if LeVar Ball is the coach? I don't think so. I don't think you would. I couldn't imagine a situation in which the Lakers would make that hire. Although I don't think I could see it happening for any other franchise. Mm -hmm. Other than L.A. No. He's so stuck in L.A. He is. He is. I know he wants to go to Phoenix as much as he can. He's going to try his darndest to speak it into existence. But nobody owes him a thing. And if I'm a general manager, I really don't care what Lonzo Ball or LeVar Ball want. Yeah. Like, your word doesn't really matter. Like, they're not the ones who are controlling where he goes. Rachel Zerby on the phone line with us. We will take our last time out when we come back. We got more to break down regarding the NBA and looking ahead potentially to the postseason, post-All-Star break anyway, next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby with you, winding you down to the 5 o'clock hour. Don't forget, we've got Westwood Patriot boys basketball this evening. They are on the road against Gwynn. We'll have the pregame at 7.15 with tip-off set for 7.30 on ESPN-UP and online with our app. Girls basketball home with Marquette. That is on for tonight as scheduled. That game will tip off at 7.15. Well, the NBA has been fun as ever. And we get set for the all-star break. And from there, Rachel, it's going to be a straight sprint to the finish line and to the playoffs. Right now, what is your pick for the NBA Finals? Is it still going to be Golden State against who from the East? I honestly have no clue. The East, is it's literally anyone's game. You know, everyone keeps saying, oh, like, Milwaukee, yeah, what, they, do they still have the best record in the NBA? I just don't. I want to see more of the new Sixers roster before I get my hopes up. Because on paper, the Sixers should be coming out of the East, no questions asked. Do the Sixers have the best starting lineup out of anybody in the East? Oh, yeah. I would say so. Hands yeah. down. But do- then you look at the bench, and that's the issue. Who has the best lineup top to bottom, including bench players? I mean, I'm just going to say Milwaukee. Like, you look at Milwaukee's box scores, they have six to seven players scoring in double figures every night. Mm -hmm. You don't really see that. 
much elsewhere. No. No, but, and that's what Mike Budenholder does so well. Yeah. That's why he's going to be a contender for coach of the year is because he takes these mid-level guys and he brings out the mm-hmm. best in them and he gets everybody to click in. And, yeah. and they all recognize it's Giannis's team. They're not trying to take that away from him. They're going to let him get his touches. They're going to let him shoot from the outside. And he's gotten consistently better month by month as he's done that. They're not going to take any of that away from him. But when they get their opportunities, they're going to make the smart play. And they yeah. value the basketball. They rarely turn it over. And that's why Milwaukee's won 42 games this season. Yeah, so right now, I, I'm going to say Milwaukee, but I don't think they're going to win a single game against Golden State Warriors. Do you think it's going to be a straight sweep? Yeah, I, I do. Wow. Is it crazy of me to say that of the four major contenders in the East with Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston, that I would be the least confident in Toronto at making it out of the East? No, I I, I kind of agree with that. I, I just don't feel like they have anything going for them. I mean, they're right there, but... What do they have? They don't have the best starting lineup in out of those four. They don't have the best depth out of those four. They are always up there, but they never seem to win the mm-hmm. big one. And that's a culture thing. And I just don't yeah. know that they have that up there. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The East, obviously, is going to be is a lot more fun than the West. And it, those Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be real fun. And we all know who's going to win the West right now, but oh, yeah. we probably know who's going to win the NBA Finals and what have you. Oh, yeah. But that's why the NBA needs this. Is they need this kind of drama during the season to keep fans invested, to keep them engaged, what have you. How about the Knicks? Now that they've lost 17 in a row, they have not won on their home floor in 2019. A dog has won more at Madison Square Garden. Won the dog <laughs> show last night. So what about the Knicks? They're clearing all this cap space. The thought process is that they want to go out and get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, maybe Zion Williamson. Will they get one, two, or all three of those? Or will they get none of them this offseason? Knowing the Knicks, they'll probably screw something up and get none of them. Because didn't they clear all that space in, like, 2012 to try and get LeBron and Carmelo or somebody? And was it KD? Did they try to get him, too, know. early on? But And they tried. They freed up all this space yeah. back when LeBron was going to take his talent south, and they didn't get anybody from that group. I don't... I that just, wouldn't surprise me. I just don't see that the Knicks are going to make the right move. I mean, they're doing the right things right now, whereas a competent franchise would be able to make something happen out of this, but the Knicks just aren't that, and I don't see them making the right decision mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. You know, I saw this on Twitter the other day. It's funny how when the Sixers were tanking, it like everyone lost their mind that like, this is so bad for the NBA, blah, 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 and now you see ESPN literally tweeting out pictures of KD, Kyrie, and Zion in a Knicks uniform, and they're, like, glorifying the tanking. So, mm-hmm. like, funny how that works. Are the Knicks more fun to watch now that they are just tanking and not trying to hide it? No, I will never watch the Knicks. Never watching the Knicks. No. 
If somebody was forcing you to try and name, if you know, life's on the line, you have to name five players in the Knicks roster, I don't think I could do it. Can they get Dennis Smith Jr.? They did get Dennis Smith Jr. They have Kevin Knox. How about uh, Ron Baker? Is he still on there? I have no idea. <laughs> you can't That's even say Chris Stops anymore. That was your go-to. Yeah. Where's he going? Did he get traded? He got released. Okay. I don't know. If someone could pick him up. I mean, he could be a role player somewhere. Regardless, why would anyone want to go play for the Knicks or in the situation that they're in? And think about Kevin Durant. I know he wants to go to a place with a spotlight, a place where the basketball lights are going to shine brightly on him because he wants to prove his legacy, be in a big media market, and show that he's a guy who can build a struggling franchise and prove his legacy to what he believes as the best player in the world. But thin-skinned Kevin Durant and the New York media spells all kinds of trouble for me because even the last few weeks, he has had troubles with the Oakland media, with the San Francisco media. And if you have such thin skin where the Bay Area media is getting under it, you're not going to last in New York. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I don't know like if... New York is the last place. Like, New York, I mean, obviously he's not going to go to Philadelphia, but those are the last two places. If you don't have thick skin, you don't belong. No. No. And he just doesn't, is the thing. So as much as it would be an ideal situation for him to go to a place with a rich basketball history and a struggling franchise, a chance for him to be the face of a franchise and bring it up from the ashes... Dealing with the New York media and him getting firing up his burner accounts and getting back out there and <laughs> going after reporters is not going to be uh, that's not the move if you're Kevin Durant no. wanting to go to New York. No, that's good. And if he goes there, it's going to take a lot of rebuilding, that's for sure. Rachel Zerby is with us before we sign off. Uh, looking at the draft, looking ahead this year, whoever ends up getting the number one overall pick. Everybody thinks right now it's going to be Zion Williamson. And if Adam Silver walks onto the stage in late June and he announces any other name than Zion Williamson, there will be an uprising. There will be pitchforks and torches. That team's fan base will be rioting in the building, in the streets, in that city, what have you. But could there be somebody who gets taken number one overall instead of Zion Williamson? Because... I almost wonder, out of that trio from Duke, which of those guys could translate to the NBA better? Zion's going to be a great talent. I think he will do well in the NBA. I don't know how well he's mm -hmm. going to end up doing, but I think he'll be a phenomenal player in the NBA. But I almost get the feeling that Cam Reddish isn't getting talked about enough because he's a long, lanky guy that can handle the ball, shoot it from the outside at six foot eight. I feel like that can translate to the NBA at least as more of a guarantee than Zion Williamson's game could. And I think Zion will translate, but I almost feel like Cam Reddish is a safer bet to do this. So could there be a case made for taking Cam Reddish number one overall instead of Zion? I mean, yeah, this is kind of obvious. Like Zion's not going to fit on every team. You know, so if you have the first pick, just because you see Zion all over Twitter and his athleticism is unreal, he 
that doesn't mean that you are going to take him. Like, there are a lot of people, I've been seeing, like, so to say, experts, I'm doing air quotes right now, mm. saying that Zion, like, shouldn't be the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. That, and that, like, he's not, not that he's not NBA-ready, but I think there are the, um, even R.J., what, R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, I think could have a quicker translation into the NBA than Zion. I mean, what Zion is doing is nothing short of phenomenal, but he's going to be doing it against guys that are anywhere from 6'1 to like 7'3 and 285 pounds or whatever, like he is, instead of guys who are topping out around 6'10 on average or so at the college level. And I mean, it's not to take away from what he's doing right now, but it is going to be a whole nother level up there. And I get the feeling Mm -hmm. guard play translates quicker, not always uh, in the long run as effective, but guard play can translate quicker. And if you're looking for a guy who can immediately make an impact on your team, I'm not saying Zion can't next year, but I feel like the safe bet would be R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Zion, he, he's like an interesting player because, like I said, his athleticism is unreal. I mean, his skill, like, obviously he's going to do great in the NBA, but I just think there's a lot of things that needs to be worked on when he's actually going up against seven-footers on a daily basis. Rachel Zerby is on the line with us, as always, Appreciate you being here. Hopefully uh, you can get snowed out, I guess. You can get out of the snow (laughs) and everything, but appreciate you being on the phone line anyway and helping us through the show. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully I'll be able to make it in next week. (laughs) Before we sign off, wishing a very happy birthday, Mr. Ryan Steeg from the Mining Journal. Shares a birthday with Coach K. Turned 72 today. Coach K, not Ryan. I don't know how old Ryan. That's it for us here on the Sports Pen. Don't forget Westwood Patriot Boys basketball this evening on ESPN-UP. For Rachel Zerby, I'm Tanner Hoops signing off. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Pen.